0: Hi, I'm Jessica Lindbergh, and this is the Heartstrong Podcast, where we dive into all the messiness that life has to offer. The joyful, the difficult, and the beautiful. As a mom and woman who's faced tragedy, I want to share stories of hope, resilience, and purpose. Join us for our conversation about what truly makes us Heartstrong. On today's podcast, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Rachel Macy Stafford.
1: Start with 10 minutes. Start getting quiet with yourself. Start listening to your heart, not what the newscaster is telling you, not what the motivational speaker is telling you. That's not where you're going to find your joy and your peace. It's going to come from within. That's how I started listening to myself and stopped trying to please the world
0: because it only leaves you empty. Rachel is a New York Times bestselling author of Hands-Free Mama, Hands-Free Life, and Only Love Today. Her fourth book is available now called Live Love Now. Rachel is a certified special education teacher who helps people overcome distraction and perfection to live better and to love more. Welcome, Rachel. I am so thrilled to share this time with you.
1: Thank you so much, it's so good to be here.
0: Yeah. You know, I was thinking about our conversation today and I was realizing I have followed you for a really long time. Aww. Yeah. And I was I was remembering, I have this memory of reading, I don't remember what it was, but I was remember I was on my phone, of course, as we're going to talk about that, but yeah. sitting in my son's room reading something of yours. And I, I remember that it was on Facebook. And I remember thinking to myself, this woman is like so insightful and just mm-hmm. has such a beautiful sense about her. And that was honestly probably like three years ago. And so to sit here with you today is just such so fun how life happens. So I'm excited that you're here.
1: It really is exciting that we can connect. Um, And that's one thing that I've just been in awe of as you know, we're, we're facing these really difficult times with the pandemic. But yet we're still able to connect and have meaningful conversations and let people know they are not alone. And so I just feel so honored that you wanted to have me on your podcast and that we can talk together and hopefully make other people feel less alone too. Yeah.
0: And I think what you have to share, I know what you have to share is so timely. And so I want to dive into all of those things. But before we do, could you just introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe for people who haven't met you yet?
1: Of course. Yes. Um, so I'm Rachel Macy Stafford. And um, I am an author of four books. i um, but I didn't start out as an author, which I think is kind of an interesting part of my story. I've only been an author for the last seven years. Um, I actually started out as a special education teacher. Um, But maybe you can relate to the idea that sometimes the career that we go into um, is not actually the thing that we think we're supposed to maybe be doing with our life. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I had this emptiness um, that I carried through many decades. Mm -hmm. And it was about 10 years ago that I started getting my notebooks out like I did when I was a little girl. And I started writing. Um, And at the time, I was really far away from who I wanted to be. I was living the life that people expected of me. And I was, I was a people pleaser. I, I had lack of boundaries. I was overly tied to my distractions uh, on the phone, the computer, the to do list, and writing in my notebooks helped me find myself again and connect to that true part of myself. And my sister gave me a blogging book and she said, Rachel, I think you should start a blog and I want to help you. And that's where this began, you know getting back to my heart and who I truly am. Um, And, you know, that took being honest Mm -hmm. with myself and honest about how I was living and treating my children. And that's why, you know, when you said you read my Facebook article, a lot of them go viral because I'm not going to sit here and say that I have this all figured out and that I didn't have to face some painful truths to... Be able to share authentically, um, and that's why people say, "Gosh, you're, you're in my brain," you know. But mm-hmm. it's like we can't heal and find our true purpose and passion if we don't be if we're not honest with ourselves and honest with each other. So i I just believe in being real and. That realness comes through my writing, and it led to the four books, and I have a online course that is my heart called Soul Shift. Um, I love teaching adults um, who then teach their children how do we live authentically, um, true to ourselves and true to each other, um, and that's that's how this all started. And it's it's just it, it amazes me some days.
0: Yeah, that is. Such a really cool story, and a couple things that you said, I, I'd love to to ask you a little bit more about because you said you were in a career that you didn't you were didn't love it wasn't your heart, mm-hmm. and you felt this nudge. You know, I think we all can relate to that. You know, we have these we just get these nudges, and for me, I've been on a journey of really listening to my intuition, but it's taken me some time to really operate from that place. Like. How did you find the courage to say, to walk away from something you'd been doing and to do something new? Like, can you tell us a little bit about that process? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, it, it was not a quick process. It was, didn't happen overnight. I'm talking maybe three years of just writing to myself, mm-hmm. um, documenting my dreams, my hopes, my pains, my fears, my struggles. And just getting to that place where it just became so certain, like, I don't think this is just for me. Mm -hmm. I think that I'm supposed to use my skills as a teacher, as an encourager, as a writer, because that's that's what I want to just emphasize today, that if you are in a place where you think, gosh, this is not what I want to be doing, this is not how I want to be spending my life, you know, I don't want you to think for one minute that this is wasted time. You know, I, I am so thankful for the students that taught me how to love my children, how to connect with kids. It's all part of the work that I do. And so, you know, honing in on this idea that writing was when I felt the most at peace. And so that's what I, I just encourage people to start thinking about what are those moments? What are those activities that make you feel at home, at peace, um, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing? And then I, I didn't, I didn't have like a set plan. I just, I just kept writing and I kept trusting that I would know when the time is right when that next step would come. And it took sitting down as a family to say, you know, I'm not going to go back to teaching. I want to try to be a writer. And, you know, because a teacher's salary is pathetically low and it's not what it should be, you know, I I my contribution just needed to be equivalent to what I would earn as a teacher. And it took about two years, but I got to that place. And so, you know, every family is going to look different and we're not going to all have the same, you know, opportunities and privileges and time and financial support. Um, But just to encourage you today to not think that whatever you're doing right now is a waste of yourself, because I believe that every day you're either really figuring out this is not what I want to do. And so I'm getting motivated to change this situation or I'm being prepared in some way that I can't see right now. But I trust that in time, I will know how this is preparing me for what is next.
0: Yeah, and I have seen that. I just want to echo that because I always tell people life prepares us for life. You know, we have these little breadcrumbs along the way and things happen to us that seemingly take us off our quote unquote track, but it's actually getting us to where we're meant to be. And, you know, I love your point about the time that it took, because I think being honest about the process Mm -hmm. that we go through, you know, sometimes we have this thing we want to do and we can, we just see the end and we're expecting to get there. And what I'm learning and have learned is sometimes it's just taking one step and then learning Mm -hmm. about what the next one is and having that confidence in ourself and that peace. But that's, that's really hard to do, especially when we have a dream or something that we're hoping for.
1: And that just reminds me, you know, I, I had to make it a priority to Mm. write because, you know, you're not magically going to have time to pursue this dream of yours or whatever this, this passion. So you have to decide, okay, my, what I gave up was watching TV at night.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: I, cause you know, my girls were, were young and then they would go to bed and I thought, well, I can either watch an hour of mindless TV mm-hmm. or I can get out my journal and I can write. And so for three years, you know, I gave up that evening TV watching time to write. And so you, you do have to think, okay, I got to create space Um, I also carried a little notebook around wherever I went. Like sometimes I would be in the grocery store line and I would have an idea. I would pull out my little notebook, you know, and all of those notes that I made to myself over that three years, you know, that's, that's where the title hands free mama came from. It was written in one of these little notebooks that (laughs) I carried and I don't, I don't even know why I had written it, but I thought that's the title of my blog, you know? That's what I want to be. I want to be this person who lets go to grasp what really matters. And I had no idea that, you know, I was thinking distraction was just, you know, external, like the phone and the to-do list and the computer and, the, you know, the agenda. But then I realized, ooh, I have a lot of distraction going on inside of me. Mm. And that's where the the real work and the real healing has come from me and my family is letting go of the distractions that we create inside of us. Um, And I had mentioned a little bit earlier about the pressure that I put on myself, the people pleasing, that this idea that I needed to be something that I wasn't, Mm -hmm. that was all keeping me from doing what really I feel like I'm here to do. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think that in this culture that we live in, It's not only that we have these distractions of technology and our phones and the to-do list, but we feel this weight of expectation that we're going to reply right away or that we're going to raise our hand for the fifth time to be the parent helper for this or that we're going to, you know, if somebody needs us that we always have to say yes. And so it's not only that we have all of this in front of us and this just immediate you know, ability to contact people, but I think there's this pressure, especially that women and mothers put on ourselves to be mm-hmm. all things. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how you released some of that and created those boundaries, because I think that's something that a lot of our listeners probably struggle with.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when I was in this process of, you know, kind of actually realizing, all right, teaching served a purpose and I enjoyed many aspects of it, but I think that I'm supposed to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the books that I read during that time, as I was kind of just like researching, like, okay, what, what does what would this look like? Maybe one of the most profound books that I would recommend to anyone is called life is a verb. And it's by Patty Dye, who I just adore. Um, this book, it's not only is it beautiful, but it's just it's it's broken up so you can read a little bit at a, at a time. And it just gives you so much fuel and inspiration. And there was a section that I read in this book that changed my whole perspective on like. Uh, what I wanted to fill my to-do list, and you know, living an overcommitted life. Mm-hmm. So, basically, Patty quotes Toni Morrison, mm-hmm. who at the time was working at Random House Publishers, and so her, she basically she describes how her head was just basically exploding because she had this long, long list of to-do items. Pages, pages of to-dos, and Tony sat and looked at at that list, and then she came to this final question to ask herself, and she said, "Looking at all these things, what is it I must do, or I shall die?" Mm-hmm. So, wow. basically, she answered that question. She said, "You know what? There were only really two things on the most important list." and that is one be a mother to my children and two write wow that's what tony said i must do or i shall die and that hit me so hard because i realized the way that i'm filling my to do list is be going to be the way that i fill my life yes and i looked at my to do list and i saw so many things on there that weren't in in direct alignment with what how i wanted to spend my time how i wanted to spend my god-given gifts Mm -hmm. and so i made a life list that's what i called it my life list what are the things that i must do or i shall die and mine looked very similar to tony morrison's um but, but that's what i started doing i started comparing the requests the um you know, demands of me get, because, you know, the truth is once, once people figure out like you can get things done and you're really organized, you're going to be the go-to person. Yep, you are. And I was the go-to person in my community. And it was really hard for me to start saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on some things in my life right now. I can't do that. And I remember the first time I said, no, I'm not going to be able to help with that they said oh that's okay I'll just go to the next person on the list and I was like wait a minute there, there's a list <laughs> I've been saying yes this whole time and there's a list you know I was like what in the world you know so every time I said no and the world didn't just fall down around me I thought okay I can do, I can this. do this yes yeah. and then my energy was freed up To pursue the things that really mattered and the things that I feel like I can really help and make a contribution in that way. And most importantly, I was able to invest in my family and knowing my daughters who are now 14 and 17. And I'm so thankful that I woke up uh, 10 years ago so I didn't miss their lives Mm -hmm. and miss Mm -hmm. our relationship. So I say, make a life list. What is it that you must do or you shall die? And then start comparing it to the requests and the demands and decide, you know, I'm going to have to say no. Nobody's going to say it for me. I got to do this for myself.
0: Yeah. And I think that is such timely advice for people because i think people are really reevaluating their lives right now especially yeah. just given the last year that we've had and i know for myself you know i'm i sound the way you describe yourself is kind of a lot like me i'm like i'll get it done i'm organized i i can take on a lot and You so you feel like you have to. And then you find yourself in a place where you're doing all of these things, but they're actually not life-giving. And I think when we're operating in our gifts and in our what you said, like what you must do or you will die, that Mm -hmm. creates energy, which creates all kinds of it's like the universe just conspires on our behalf, you know, like and 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 things just start to work out, you know, and living in that flow is something that I know I desire and i think a lot of people do and that's just i just love that story it's such a good reminder that we all need
1: well and i think um what's really important about this if you want to expand this perspective to what our kids um are going through right now what young people are going through um with also this unusual time um one of one of uh, the groundbreaking research uh, pieces that I came across when I was writing Live Love Now was by William Damon, who studies purpose mm. in teenagers. And what he found was very interesting that when they are doing something that they are passionate about, or they feel called to do and and led by their heart, they can endure much greater amounts of stress. So, so like what you were just saying, you know, when we're doing something that's life giving, it, 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 it energizes us. Mm -hmm. And, And I think we need to remember that too, for our children who right now, you know, they have to find life-giving sources right now, because the typical things that they, you know, do to maybe find joy on on team sports or or um, choir or art classes or just getting together with friends, they can't do many of these things. And so, just encouraging our children to also make a life list and say, you know, pursue the things that your heart is asking you to pursue. And yes, they're going to stumble. And yes, it's probably going to be inconvenient. And and yes, they're going to get frustrated. I mean, I watched my daughter teach herself guitar Mm -hmm. and it wasn't easy. But remember, when they are doing something that is life-giving, they can manage stress in ways they can't when someone is just saying, you do this. This is what I think you should do. So I just wanted to add that just to expand, you know, this to our families as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I wanted to talk about your book, your Live Love Now book, because I think it's it's been a really hard season, especially for our young people, like our preteens and teens. I have a sixth grader who has struggled immensely through mm-hmm. this remote learning time. And you're right. It's like he will tell me. He's like, I just feel like I have a list of to do things. And if I don't do it, I get an email that I, you know, got a zero out of 10 and I have to turn it in. And it's just this very almost like one, you know, it's just coming at I think he feels like it's coming at him. And yeah. you're right, not having that piece of they're they're humans just like us. You know, they're 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 in school, but yeah. they need life giving things too. Yeah. And so what, you know, that it's so good for me to hear you say that because that's exactly what I've been thinking about. It's like, how do we as parents help them to do these things during this time? Like, do you have any advice or things that you think we can do to encourage our kids so that they are happier, more fulfilled people? Because there are opportunities right right now to learn resilience and to learn how to do hard things. Like, it's not all bad. What are some of your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think it's really, really important that our home is not another place where they feel like they're failing, Hmm. where they feel like they're not doing enough. Because what you just said about your child and the emails, you know, we're living that here with Hmm. my younger daughter. And I really had to change the message that I was giving her because she's used to doing very well in school and online learning is not her thing Mm -hmm. to put it lightly. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I really had to change the messages that I was giving her and what we are all about right now is getting through Mm -hmm. surviving. I said, baby, I know You're used to getting the A's and the B's. And you know what? There'll be a time for that. But right now, you just gotta get it done, you know. And so it's been an interesting lesson, you know, because I am a I'm an overachiever. I'm a high achiever. I've always expected so much from myself. And, you know, whether we mean to pass that on to our children Mm -hmm. or not, but it's been so good for me to be able to say. We're going to lower the bar Mm -hmm. and we're just going to get through this and we're going to do our best. And that does not mean that there haven't been times when I've asked her, "Okay, what happened here? Why did you just not do this? You know, there there's accountability. Sure. Okay, But um, we got to be realistic. We this is just not a normal time. We can't use typical measures of success. We really need to reevaluate that. And then when they can breathe in our home and say, okay, I'm getting, you know, my, my school is not happy with my performance or asking me, you know, why am I failing this? But my mom and my dad or my grandmother or my aunt, they're saying, you know what? I see you. And Mm -hmm. I see the effort. I see the trying you know, shame is not a motivator. Right. Amen to that. <laughs> shame is not a motivator to us or to our children. Compassion, understanding, grace, that is what will keep us going. Mm-hmm. And when you are in that place of knowing, okay, I I am struggling. I'm not doing as well as I want to do, but I'm Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is good for right now, and that's that's what's going to help them know that okay, I can take a risk, and I can maybe in the evening I can take a little time to teach myself this um, painting technique or something that that I've always wanted to know, or I can learn to knit. You know, it it's just this is the time to encourage our kids to say put down. That computer, that phone, and do something with your hands, with your full focus. Do a puzzle, um, you know, d- sketching. Just this is really an important time to help our kids uh, manage that the electronics, because um, again, the the pull is so strong and now so much of their life is on the computer on the screen that we, you know, it's a role that, that, that's hard to be. It's hard to be yes. that person, yeah. but they need help. And and I've told my 14 year old, you know, someday you will be able to manage your screen time, but you're showing me right now that this is difficult and so dad and I are going to help you. Yeah. So just as much as you can emphasize that you are, you love them and you're just trying to help them get through this time. And that's going to look like boundaries sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to look like boundaries. It's going to look like limits and your family's limits are going to look different than my family's limits, you know, because she does compare. She's like, why do I have to get off the phone at 10 my other friends can stay up till one, you know, yeah, but thank you, you have to be strong and, and yeah. say, you know, you need your sleep in order to get through this, you know? And so I don't like to tell anyone, you know, how to manage this in their home because we're all different, but just know that you're not the bad guy. If you are saying things that maybe your child is saying, nobody else is doing this,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's okay. Okay. You know, you've got to do what's right for your family and what's right for your mental health.
0: Yeah. And what a message, you know, of giving grace to our kids. We need to give it to ourselves too as parents during this time, right? Because we, you know, and I, and it's also such a, such a good point to make that it's hard to give to others what we don't give to ourselves. And so if we're holding ourselves to this ridiculous standard right now, that's not possible Maybe we first need to say, okay, our goal is to get through. It's not to, you know, win the race at this point. That's just not where we're at so that we can give that to our kids. And I know I've struggled with that just in my out, just in, you know, getting things done around the house and trying to work and have my kids home. I mean, things just feel a little out of whack. And, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I have a gigantic pile of clothes on a couch upstairs. And I just had to tell myself, I will do that tonight. It is okay that they have sat there for two yes. days, you know? Absolutely. Um, it's just kind of where we're at. So, you know, we're in this time and we're we're trying to give ourselves grace, but this is going to end, you know, we're going to kind of go back to quote unquote life as quote unquote normal, whatever that is. But I, I think we all can agree we want to make some changes and you said on your site I want to I want you, I want to feel the squeeze of loving arms not the pressure of overcommitment. And I worry a little bit that we're just going to ricochet back into this overcommitment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. What tell me what you think about that and how we can like definitely like take a pause before we jump back into everything that we were doing before.
1: Well, um i really like i mentioned that life list mm-hmm. is really powerful it's a powerful tool for discerning how do you want to spend your time and energy mm-hmm. and um when i talked to hundreds and hundreds of middle schoolers for um live love now my my latest book um they gave me a lot of information about Feeling this uh, pressure mm-hmm. to be on a path that was not authentic to them, hmm. and they often felt unheard. Um, that it didn't really matter what they thought or what they wanted to pursue. That you know, this is where my mom wants me to go to college, or um, this is the activity that my dad did, and and or some of them would even say, well my parents don't think um having a youtube channel is worthwhile um so i think that this break in you know our fast paced uh hamster wheel of life that we just kind of say well you know this is the way it is and this is how our society works we just need to take a moment and just say, you know, I have a choice mm-hmm. here, okay? I don't have to do just because this is the way of the world. This is the way of our society. And and that is hard because then you kind of feel like, "Oh, am I missing out on something? You know, is my child going to be behind?" But once you really get clear on what are your values and your family's values and your goals that may not look like typical success goals,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're going to feel a sense of peace that you don't feel when you're going 100 miles an hour. And and yes, this takes courage and it takes sacrifice. But once you start making those choices and you don't bring it all back in the way that it was and you have breathing room, you're going to reap the benefits of that relationally, uh, emotionally, mentally. You know, talk about trying to have time for the things that mean something to you this is the way, you know, it's the way is you have to take it back. Mm -hmm. And your kids, I promise they will thank you for it. If you're listening to them and you're saying, all right, so you used to do X, Y, and Z, you know, now that you've been away from it for it from for a while, do, do you want to go back to X, Y, Z? And then they might say, you know, I really liked soccer mm-hmm. and I really miss soccer or, you know, I didn't miss soccer at all. It's a time to just reevaluate and decide uh, how do you want to spend your precious time? Because if that's another thing we've learned is that life is fragile and, mm-hmm. and we only have so much time. And my biggest motivation was, I wanted to watch my daughter graduate from high school, and I wanted to say, I know her. I know every good thing about my daughter, and I know every pain, and I know every struggle. And I started by just spending 10 minutes a day of just saying, I want to make myself completely and fully available for 10 minutes. Now that might sound ridiculous. Oh, she didn't have 10 minutes. Well, that's where I was. Mm-hmm. That's my highly distracted life and and trying to please and check off the list. So I started with 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, Avery who was four at the time picked up my hand and she kissed my palm. And I thought, I get it. I don't need a a clearer sign than that. When you let go of what doesn't matter, you can grasp what really does matter. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Start with 10 minutes. Start getting quiet with yourself. Start listening to your heart, not what the newscaster is telling you, not what the um, motivational speaker is telling you. That's not where you're going to find your joy and your peace. It's going to come from within, Mm -hmm. just like it did with my notebooks. That's how I started listening to myself and stopped trying to please the world because it only leaves you empty. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think we forget that we actually have the ability and the control to do that because i think we give our power away so often to our to-do list or to what the neighbors are doing or everyone else is involved in this so i should be too that yeah. we abandon ourselves really and then we abandon yes. our families because That's we're trying to, way to keep say up it. Mm-hmm. yeah yes and i think this is an opportunity you know like in every crisis there's an opportunity to to say, well, how do I want to do this differently, and how do I yes. want to embrace my gifts so that I can be full of life and energy for my family? And I think that's really important for mothers to do that. I think we put ourselves last sometimes, but we really need to think about how are we how are we creating life giving energy within ourselves so that we can model that and do that. Absolutely. For kids.
1: Oh, that's that's so beautiful. It, yes, it starts with us, which is. Yeah. We don't hear that, you know, we don't, we don't hear that. But when you start to care for yourself and listen to your needs, it is going to create a beautiful life-giving ripple in your house. When you show your kids, this is how I pursue peace. Mm -hmm. This I'm taking this 20 minutes to do this because it fills me with peace. Um, Or you say, um, I'm going to share with you this coping mechanism. This, you know, that I feel a lot of stress right now, and I need to release this stress. I don't want to carry this in my shoulders, and then it's gonna come out as a mean voice. Right. You know, as much as we can tell our kids, I'm struggling right now. This is what I'm going to do to work through this. That's what they need to see. They don't need to see. This facade that you've got it all figured out. You have all the answers because they know, they know darn well that we don't have all the answers. Right. They know that we are navigating a time, not just with the pandemic, but I'm talking about technology. Mm-hmm. This, this is something none of us have ever gone through. So we don't have to have the answers, but we can say, you know, I'm going to try to be the best guide I can. And and a guide listens. A guide mm-hmm doesn't have all the answers. A guide says, "Tell me what you think." And that's what the teenagers that I interviewed, they just wanted to be seen and heard and valued and part of the conversation about figuring out how do we find meaning in this overly technology saturated, stressed out society that we live in. And it is possible and like i said that 10 minutes i started with was life changing and if that's what you can start with today 10 minutes put away the phone put away the to do list turn off the news um put put your phone in a drawer and just sit down and breathe um listen to the sound of your breath and don't shame yourself for what you what feelings come to the surface because some pain might surface some uncomfortableness about sitting with yourself. Just acknowledge and, and say I see you, I hear you. Um, I'm proud of you mm-hmm. and that then that grace to give yourself is a way to give grace to other people because it starts with you and then it ripples out
0: it does it really does i've learned that in my own life and you made a comment before about you know it's not what the motivational speaker says or the personal development i think we you know scroll through our phones and we're looking for the answers outside of ourselves and there's plenty to be had there's plenty of ideas you know somebody could say wake up 30 minutes earlier and then you know eat 5 hours later. I mean there's all these things and it and those are nice ideas and they can give us some guide but like you said it's like listen to yourself. What yeah. you ha- you know. You know if you get get out of your head and drop into your yes. heart center you know and operate from there and see what comes, you know, see what comes. Mm, I think that's, that's beautiful. Really beautiful advice. So, you know, we're on this new year and I think everyone's hoping for like a new beginning and yet we still are living, you know, in really volatile times. I think it's been an upsetting week for people with the, you know, breaking at the Capitol and all the things that are going on. Um, And yet we're trying to find our footing, right? And we're trying to find a place so we have these New Year's resolutions or goals that we put out or we say, I'm going to pick a word for the year. And I think those are good things. I do some of those things and I enjoy them. But I also think it kind of is packaged under this like perfect life I'm creating too. And so I'm just curious, like, do you make New Year's resolutions? Do you pick words? Like, how are you thinking about this new year during this time?
1: Um. Well, I started this new year differently than in the past. Um, a lot of times there is some kind of diet or uh project goal, um, some some accomplishment that I want to make. And I just told myself this year, I'm starting with love. Mm-hmm. I'm starting with uh, what love has become to me over the past nine months, um, as I've really started listening to myself. And and love to me is just breathing. It's it's stretching in the morning. Um, it's it's forgiving myself. Um, it's it's a cup of tea, and it's a it's a warm embrace to my daughter. Um, It's it's just accepting myself as a living, breathing, you know, hopeful human being that that doesn't need to be reduced to a number, a size, a a generic path, a formula. And that's what I think the new year kind of sets us up like we got to improve. You know, it's like you're not good enough right where you are. But considering what we've been through and what we've survived and that we're here today and we're still showing up, it's like, gosh, that's, that's significant.
0: Yeah. And is.
1: so I have this word and it's not a real word, but it's, it's a word that I repeat to myself often as kind of like, all right. What are reasonable expectations? Because I think right now, you know, it's great to have lofty lofty goals. And maybe that is for you, but I know my energy um and my bandwidth is 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 not very big right now. And um, and I'm only setting myself up for failure if if I'm telling myself you should write another book, mm-hmm. you know. So my word is. SOG. And SOG are my reasonable expectations each day. Mm-hmm. S, safety. Am I doing things to keep myself safe? Am I doing things to keep my family safe? Am I doing things to keep m- my neighbors safe? You know, safety. Mm-hmm. That, That's a priority for me. That's a reasonable expectation of myself is to do things that promote safety. O is oxygen. Am I making time to breathe? Is there breathing space in my day, in my calendar? Um, Sometimes I will just sit down on the floor and pet my cat when I feel overwhelmed. Now, a year ago, I'm not sure I would have done that. I would have gone, just go on to the next thing. You got to get X, Y, and Z done today. I sit down, I pet my cat, I breathe. That puts me in a more healthy space for whatever I have to do next. And then the last one is grace. Um, safety, oxygen, grace. Grace for myself, grace for my family, grace for um, m- mistakes that we're making, Um We are all in a process of learning a lot right now, Um, learning how to promote justice and and equality in the world and looking back and saying, wow, I might have contributed to some of these systems of oppression. You know, so I'm using this time. I'm learning and I'm unlearning. And that's, that I feel is my responsibility right you now know, I
0: feel the same. to, to yeah.
1: unlearn things that I believed that were hurtful of marginalized people. Mm-hmm. And how do we bring um, equality and justice and safety to everyone? You know, so this is a time for grace because we are going to make mistakes as we are in the process of unlearning. Um, so those are my three expectations, um, promises, uh, ideals, safety, oxygen, grace. That's it right now.
0: Those are, and those are such great suggestions. And I, I have a feeling people are going to listen to this and say, I'm going to make those mine too, because (laughs) I, they're simple and they're doable and they're peaceful and I think that's what yeah. we're looking for. I mean, there's so much unrest and every person really wants peace. They want to be loved. They want to be seen. They want to be experience equality. They want to have opportunity, you know, all of those things. Yes. I think that it's like, yeah, it starts with, with with us so that we can make sure that we're helping others achieve the same. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful.
1: Um, one one thing that has really helped me um, is um, I have a dear friend named Crystal Cobrin, and she has a podcast, um, The Space Between Us, and that's really helping me with this idea of listening to learn, um, listening to love, and to have these hard conversations um, that we've been talking about um, so, I definitely highly recommend um, your listeners checking out um, crystalcobrin.com to listen to her podcast.
0: Oh, and I will do that too. I will do that too. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Resources are really important right now. I wanted to ask you about a quote that I heard you say, I think it was on a video and you said, when we see each other's scars, we love each other more. And so for the past 15 years, I've been part of a community of families who face chronic illness with their kids and sometimes life limiting illness. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you like how many tears I've shed for kids and families that I I've never met, but also how amazing and awesome it is to share a sacred space with people and just to like learn to show up. And I've had to learn through my own experiences, like not to have the answers, but just to just to yeah. be there. And yeah. so I would love to talk about this quote with you because sometimes it's just showing up. I think you posted on social media the other day about someone just embracing you, a neighbor, and like just being there. And being willing to see the scars that we all have i think you know that sentence i was like if we could do that in our world today like how far could yeah. we get mm-hmm. so just tell me some of your thoughts around that or when you when you said that what you were thinking
1: yeah um i really did carry this kind of mask for many many decades really this mask that i wanted to reject this certain uh, perception of me, of being strong, having it all together. Um, And one day when I got some really devastating news, I called my friend and I said, I feel like I am failing because this is what just happened. And she said, this happened to me too. And when she said that, I immediately just felt this connection with her that, oh, my gosh, I can be real with her. She, I was real with her. I admitted something I didn't admit to anyone else. And she said, that's happened to me, too. And mm-hmm. I loved her so much. Like, I loved her before, but after that, I was like, I <laughs> love her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I need a place a safe place that I can show up as myself and bear my scars and she can bear her scars to me. And that was just the beginning of like letting that mask down, letting that facade down and just saying, you know, I'm okay with the fact that not everybody is going to gravitate toward this real me, this flawed, Mm -hmm. scarred, um, fumbling uh, times and not knowing that not everybody is going to want to sit in that space. And I have lost friends because I not everybody can go there Yeah. and that's okay. That's okay. But I want to surround myself with people who are willing to be real and authentic and show me their scars. And that's the reason I reached out last week to my friend, Cindy, when I got a devastating phone call, I thought I could handle this alone, which I knew that, that, that was not good for me. And I called her and she came right over and the reason I could call her and tell her this is what has happened is because she has told me her struggles, her scars. And so it it begins with us. You know, mm-hmm. we have to we have to be brave and courageous and say, you know, here's what's really going on behind the scenes. You mm-hmm. you look at that picture and you think, oh, look at that happy family. Yeah. Well, you got it. you gotta say, you know, we're we're all seeing a therapist right now. Right, so right. That's you know, that's yeah, how we're getting through this. But Real. we gotta be open yeah. about what? How are we getting through this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 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 that's where that quote came from, and that's what I just I live by. That like, I, anyone who wants to be authentic with me, I am willing to just embrace you. Yes, because it's hard, it's but hard. that is what we need to heal mm-hmm. to heal this world. Is to listen and say tell me about your pain. And I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to say just because I haven't felt that it's not true. I'm going to listen and say, I hear you. And I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about it in a new way. I didn't see it before. Mm -hmm. But now I see it. That's what we need, just to open our hearts, open our minds to each other's scars, and pains. That's the only way we're going to move
0: forward. Yeah. And it's when we're in touch with, because everyone has something, right? Everyone's doesn't look alike, but we all have something. So when we go there with ourselves and we're honest about how we feel, about what breaks our hearts, about what we're uncertain of, and we go there, I think it allows us to go there with other people who maybe don't have the same thing that we do. That's right. But, but, you know, that, that we can say, gosh, you know, I I had to, you know, dismantle this belief, or I had to face this really difficult thing in my life. So therefore, I'm curious about your life, and I'm curious about what that means for you and how this makes you feel. And taking, you know, finding the commonality in our struggles, we don't have to have the same ones to understand one another. And all we need is the desire, right? We don't have to, like you said. I don't have an experience what you have, and you have an experience what mine. But if we're curious about one another, we're curious mm-hmm. about how we've experienced life. Like that's all we really need, and then we mm-hmm. can go from there.
1: That's that's so pro- profound. I love I love the idea of being curious, and yeah, you know, that takes the judgment.
0: It does. Away, you know, it does. It's you know, I was thinking about that actually yesterday because I was just thinking about our world and. All that's going on, and I was thinking about some of the families and kids that I know. And like when there's a crisis, like when a child dies or a child's really sick or something happens, it's like you don't stop to say, "Well, did the mom eat tuna while she was pregnant so the baby's sick?" Yeah. Or did the or did the, was the person wearing a seatbelt when they were in the car accident? No, no, no. You rush to the scene and you show up, and mm. you and you can learn about those things later. But that doesn't matter. It matters that's that someone's great. in crisis and that they need yes. love and support and 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 someone to just show up, mm-hmm. I right? Love
1: that that's powerful.
0: So yeah, so um, I have loved this conversation with you. I feel like I talk, could talk to you forever. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering, you know, you mentioned your friend's podcast, but are there any other podcasts or books that are just really speaking to you right now that you would share with our listeners? Um so I am reading
1: um a book called Burnout and it's really opening my eyes. Um will you be having will you have links? Um Yes, we'll put show notes. Okay, in. yes. Um so we I can give you that that link to the book, but I'm reading Burnout, which um is really, really eye opening. Um and the podcast that I wanted to share also that really is helping me, um, it's it's the fear, sorry, the joy of missing out. Yes. And have you heard of I've it? I've read her book, Tanya Dalton. Oh, is it? Is uh, that her? There's probably, there might be more than one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Of them. All right. Tell uh, me. Okay. This is Christina Crook. Okay.
0: It's all right. Well, I'm going to check that out too, because I love that name.
1: And what I love about what she's, because, so I don't really believe that we find our purpose. Mm. I believe that we make space and time to do the things that bring us peace and joy or meaning. And when we do, we create that space, it can lead us to discovering what our purpose is or what brings our life meaning and what Christina's um, podcast does is basically, you know, it, it centers around like, how do we make space in our life for joy and meaning with, with everything being the way that it is with distraction. Um, And so that's what I love is like, she's not telling us how to find our purpose. She's just saying, this is how we make space And then you find it, you know, I just, I really am skeptical of people who try to say they have the answers, you know, it's, it doesn't work like that. You Mm -hmm. find your own answers and yes, there can be guides and yes, I can show you my map, but my map's going to look different than your map. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what inspired me to create a, a course. That's not really like a typical course. It's called soul shift and basically, that's what I do. Um, twice a year, I come together with a community, and we talk about um, some some painful truths that mm-hmm. that we are facing in our life, and how we're going to respond to these truths. That is going to bring about positive change and healing. And it's all about learning to respond lovingly to ourselves, and then that love rippling out into our families. And I have had this course, I've held it five times. And it's so interesting how I have so many people that return to do it again with me, because Mm -hmm. I just think the things that we talk about with self-love and self-forgiveness and um, being present, you know, those are things that we talk about in my course. and, And I feel like I could learn and I could practice those, for the rest of my life. And sure. I'm going to need to do that. Um, but it's just, it's a, it's a really beautiful community. I, I call the soul shift community, my family. And, um, we're starting on February 1st. So registration is open and I would love to have people join me for that. Cause it's just like every single time something really miraculous happens and beautiful connections are made. And like I said, it's, it's not typical. It's, it's self-paced, you know, you're, you're in control, but I'm happy to be sharing my map of how I found, you know, peace and joy in my life and cultivated some beautiful relationships Mm -hmm. along the way.
0: That sounds perfect for right now. So soul shift is your course and we'll link that in show notes too. It sounds like something that we could all use, um, and it starts February 1st. So we will put that yeah. in our show notes so that everybody can take advantage of that. Well, Rachel, I have just loved talking with you today. And I, I wanted to ask you one last question since this is the HeartStrong podcast and kind of about growing through the challenges of our life. I'm wondering if you could tell us one thing in closing that you are doing to live HeartStrong, to put down baggage, overcome challenges, and to be your best self.
1: Um, so I often repeat to myself the word surrender because my baggage is a lot of self-judgment that I've carried for a long, long time. And um, just this idea of expectation, you know, Mm I'm I'm a little bit of a control freak or I should say recovering. I'm not as much as I used to be, but I do. I like things to go a certain way or I think, okay, I need to know how this is going to turn out. And that only sabotages the present moment. It it sabotages me from growing and from connecting with other people. So surrender is a word that I use. I, I actually will like step outside because outside is just, I feel at peace when I'm outside. I feel small, like, okay, let's not get too caught up in my problems. Let's Mm -hmm. remember this is a big world. And I open my hands and I just surrender. And um, I I surrender my fear. I surrender my self-criticism. I surrender my insecurities. Um, I surrender my timetable. Sometimes I, I'll even surrender my blank page. If mm-hmm. the words are not coming, I'll just surrender um, and just trust that the time will come. The answer will come. The step that I'm supposed to take will come. And um, I don't have to have it figured out. Like, yeah. that's to me, my biggest baggage is thinking that I have to have it all figured mm-hmm. out. And, and we don't. We, don't. we just got to show up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I talk about showing up bravely boldly flawed and full of hope Mm -hmm. that's how i want myself to show up in this world and to model that for my daughters
0: that's so beautiful and that is like the perfect way to end this conversation because um that's a an opportunity for us all just to learn to show up in those ways well rachel you are a beautiful soul, a beautiful woman inside and out. And I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. So much of what you've said today has spoken to me personally. And I just want to thank you for sharing this space with me. Thank you for being here.
1: It was my honor. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much to our guest, Rachel Macy Stafford, for joining me on the HeartStrong Podcast. You can find out more about Rachel by visiting her website, handsfreemama.com. That's H-A-N-D-S-F-R-E-E-M-A-M-A.com, where you can also buy Rachel's latest book, Live Love Now, and also her upcoming course called Soul Shift. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and be sure to subscribe. And a super special thank you to our producer, Allison Cohen, and our sound engineer, Jared McCammon. And can you do me a favor? Share this podcast with a friend today and give them some inspiration for their week. Join us next week on the Heartstrong Podcast.